Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. How's life? You okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. You know, my I talked to you yesterday. My show didn't get picked up, which is fucking bummer. But it's not... It's not 100% dead yet. I've actually had multiple phone calls today. There could be some interest from other networks. But the main network that, you know, was producing the show and, you know, I guess had the opportunity to pick it up or was supposed to be picked up if they wanted it was not, they didn't do it. So now, normally, it would just be over and done with. But I think the show is good enough that the studio behind it, who has the authority to take it elsewhere, really believes in it. They really love it. So I think they're giving a full court press to other networks to try to sell it, you know. But it's a bummer. I mean, So it's here's a the bummer. interesting thing, because I don't know much about scripted TV, mm-hmm. but I do know that Modern Family, which is a massive hit, mm-hmm. is shot and I think Fox owned, but it's on ABC. It's shot at Fox. That I know. So what I don't understand is that a studio, in this case CBS, can put a show together, can fund the pilot, which is a mm-hmm. big, big payday and, and mm-hmm. a, a hefty bill. And then mm-hmm. if the network executives say, eh, we pass, now they can take it to Fox, mm-hmm. ABC. A- anywhere, Netflix, NBC, Amazon, Hulu, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, all those. So it seems like now is the time, at least it's it's better than ever. If if a network passes on a show, it would seem with all the different outlets, Hulu, Amazon, mm-hmm. right on down the line, that you yeah. would have more opportunity to have a soft landing and, and get the show on the air. Yes, you're right. You are correct. I mean, especially in this time of COVID when content is king, when there's not a lot of it, we have something that has been fully produced. It has the cast in place. It's a good cast. It's a marketable cast. The concept is really great and relatable. And it's funny and it has heart. And I, there's a lot of really positive things. And um, there's, a, there's an opportunity. I, that's why I'm not, you know, a puddle of tears quite yet. But it's uh we'll see we'll see and you you are correct there is more there's more of a chance than in other years i would say i was honored go somewhere else i was honored and touched i have to say on our podcast that you reached out to me 
unasked and told me that it wasn't picked up yesterday. And that was, I felt like a new milestone in our friendship that, you know, certain things mm. happen in our lives separately and then we save it for the podcast or we don't ever talk about it. Mm-hmm. This is a major thing that, that could or could not happen for you. And you reached out to me preemptively and told me, and then we talked on the phone and I felt like I was talking to you about a death, which we're not because, <laughs> because yeah, it's just a, of what it's we a, just it's said. It's just a job. I know. Yeah. It's, there's a lot worse things going on in the but world. I, but my point is, I feel like you and I have evolved to the point where in the past you would have called people that I see on your Instagram, people that I, I saw around you at Kate's Halloween party. Back in the day where you had your little core group of friends and I was one of the outsiders really trying mm-hmm. to sit at the cool kids' table at lunch or at dinner or around the bar, I really wasn't invited. And now here we are in 2021, and I feel like you reached out to me and, and told me and, and I lent you support, and now here we are talking about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I, I was very honored and touched that you reached out to me oh. about that. Well, I love that. You're my... You're my friend, Joe. You're my homie, you know? There are certain people you do reach out to and commiserate with or, you know, I think people who have a, I think have a, an interest, you know, they care. So with those people, I tell and talk about it with. But, but you know, look, this is part of the deal. You do a pilot and nine times out of 10, it does not get picked up. And that's just the way it goes. It hurts, it stings, and then you, you pick your shit up and you move forward. You know, this was a little different because the way it works out usually is, you know, um, let's just say in February or March, just generally, you audition for the pilot. And then in end of March or April, you shoot the pilot. And then by May, you know whether it's going to get picked up and go to series or it's done. So it's a short window. You don't have much time to get emotionally attached to it. This was a different situation. It was a year in the making. COVID hit. They kept holding us and holding us and holding us. We finally shot it in December, and it's been over a year now that we've been sitting with it and falling in love with each other, the cast and Frank, the creator and all that. So it hurts a little bit more because I was very excited to do this show with them and, and my son, you know, and and Bodie. It would have been an amazing experience, but it was funny because I came home and told Bodie. <laughs> And I'm like, Bodie, hey, man, you know, the uh, the show didn't get picked up. He goes, oh, man, really? I'm like, yeah. He goes, he's like, hey, Dad, I lift my AirPod in the trailer. Like, think you can open it up? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So you, you all right? He goes, well, about what? I'm like, what do you mean about what? I just yes. told you. It goes, oh, yeah. No, he goes, yeah. And he's so sweet. He goes, no, I wanted to do it or whatever and cool. But, but he's like, you know, I feel bad for you. That's what he said. Oh, that's. Yeah. The, I there mean, he is. That's- Come here. Come here, kid. Hi. I'm doing my podcast. How do you feel about the show Hi, not getting picked up? Annoying. It's really annoying. You're annoying? Yes. I okay, heard you were you phenomenal th- in it. Do you think you're going to have a successful career yeah. moving forward? Yes. Okay. Um, are you excited or not excited to go through puberty? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? Do you know what puberty is? Why do I have to say it? Okay, you don't know what puberty is. We'll have. That's fine. You don't know what puberty is. We'll have to talk about this later. I love you. Love you. All right. There he is. 
Mr. Bodie Hudson, everybody. Mr. Bodie Hudson. Bodie Hudson. Bodie crossing, <laughs> flying in Bodie Hudson. Flying in Bodie Hudson. That was, uh, um, you just put him on the spot. Now he's scarred. This will also come out in therapy at some point later in his life. Uh, so um, the bottom anyway. line is this. I, I, I'm, there's no doubt in my mind that this show, if you believe in it, then I know it's good. It will find a home. And if it doesn't, then it was meant to be. And you'll have a, a gap in your schedule, which will allow you to do something you wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. And it could be bigger, better yeah, for your career. I mean, you, you don't know how this stuff works. There are billions of examples of that. You yeah. know that better than oh, I do. Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's hard to see that when you're, when you're in the moment. But I mean, I can't tell you how many times and I, I think that people even listening to this can relate, you know, that there's something that you wanted or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever it is and didn't work out and you're heartbroken over whatever it is. And then a year later, you look back on it and you say, man, thank God. If that, if, if that had happened, then this wouldn't have happened. You know, you're in a better, yeah. posi- you're in a better spot. And, uh, you know, look, I feel better today than I did yesterday. It's just, it is what it is, man. And uh, it's not over. It's not over. And then on to the next. On to the next. But the biggest news of all, and you and I have not shared this, and I'm, I'm, I feel like we haven't shared this because I'm a little sketchy on your side of this, mm-hmm. is that on, I'm looking right now, on April the 10th. Oh, yes. We're doing Celebrity Family Feud. And That's it's right. my side, my family against you and who? Okay. So the setup is I was asked to do Celebrity Family Feud, and they're asking for dates. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I have no idea. Joe tells me, oh, I'm going to be in town. Let's hang out. Let's play golf. Why are you in town? Oh, I'm playing Celebrity Family Feud. I'm like, holy shit, I am too. Let's organize this. Now we're going up against each other head to head. They're going to have to bleep out half the show because I'm coming after you. And you're, I'm sure you're going to come after me. My, the problem is, is there's no way that my family is going to do it. And my mom and Kurt and Kate, and they, they just won't. So I've got myself and I've got Aaron, my wife, and I've got three of my best friends. Okay, so, so Aaron is going to play. Oh, I haven't told you this yet. Yes, I, I said, I said, look, Michelle's going to be there. You're my coming. sister, my daughter. You're bringing in great. God knows who. People you met on the bus on the way over there. Could be. Yeah, could be. And these you are know, your quote unquote best friends. Did you call them before or after or at all when you found out the pilot wasn't picked up or the show wasn't picked up? Before or after them, or at all? None of them know. To me. None of them know yet. So really, I could be on your side as one of yeah. your best friends and I could play against my family and we could recruit my mom who's 81 and really wants to be on the is she's absolutely hurt that she's not a part of this how are you show. not bringing why didn't you well who do I ask her? my daughters one of my two daughters yeah. my wife or my sister this is my sister's lifelong dream my sister has oh, a radio uh, show in St. Louis every day okay. she lives for this shit and this okay. is the culmination of everything. So it was either my mom or my sister, and I had to go with, what is she, 41 over 81. Can I bring your mom? I mean, could I? Could I Can I your mom siphon be, my mom off to you? Would your mother be on my team? If, if She'd be if hilarious. I, okay, well, let's talk about this. Let's think about it. Because here, here's what I'm thinking, too. What if we do a, what if we do a, what if we have a moment where we switch sides? And I'm like, you know what? 
I'm going to be Daddy Joe Buck. You get over here. <laughs> this will be like the Yankees, two Yankees players in the 70s switched families. Do you know that? What? I swear to God, that is not, I'm not exaggerating. Two teammates on the Yankees in the 70s, I don't remember their names, mm-hmm. showed up at the park one day. I'm sure this was year a year in the making. And one guy went home to the other guy's family and vice versa. They switched families, and that was it. They they no. now, now Ken is with Jennifer and Philip is with Millicent. Yes. Whoa. What? That's the yes. craziest thing I've ever heard. Look at it. Two teammates switched families and lived the rest of their lives with those new families. That's, That's true. Insane. So you, okay, we so, could do that. You could move to St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take your life. I mean, you got a cool house and some money and you know, your wife is hot. And, you know, I think your daughters would dig me. I'm more their contemporary. You know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron is older good. than you, correct? Isn't Aaron older Aaron's than you? older than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So she's more my contemporary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And. I think she, you know, I think she's fascinated by my earning potential. (laughs) (laughs) Especially now. Two New York Yankees swapped wives 44 years ago. Still married. One of baseball's biggest blockbuster trades was announced to the world 44 years ago this month at Fort Lauderdale Stadium. Fritz Peterson and his close friend, fellow New York Yankees pitcher Mike Kekich, had swapped wives and children and dogs. Actually, it was ever? a husband trade. Yes. It just happened. It wasn't planned. Said Peterson, who won 109 games for the Yankees and pitched in the 1970 All-Star game. They both lived in New Jersey, and one night, one dude went home to the other guy's family and vice versa, and they lived happily ever after. This is insane. Wow. Very cool. I smell a 30 for 30. It should. I, how do people not know about it? That's the most insane story of all time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. So, okay. So, fine. You you come over to my side of the stage. I think that would be funny. Your side of the yeah. stage. Yeah. What if I'm like Joe? We're switching, dude. This is ridiculous. You know. Yeah. Do you think Do you think Steve Harvey would be cool with that? <laughs> he is the absolute most awesome host. Oh I, yeah, he's like I think he's phenomenal in everything the guy does. But I th- I think in a weird way, Family Feud he's he's made for it. I've watched with my mom, and you can tell when Steve Harvey's just had it. Like he's yeah. so tired <laughs> of the <laughs> stupidity. Just, let's just get this over with. Yeah, how this. much more? How many, when do we get to triple points? I want this yeah. game to be over. He's like, <laughs> I am done. I yeah. can't handle this. So. Yeah, uh, but then okay, on the flip side of that, you can really tell when he's enjoying it and having a blast too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited, dude. I'm excited. Um, all right, so we have a lot of stuff in today's show. We have uh, all that news, which may or may not air, um, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, guest roulette, mm-hmm. and and we have kind of mean reviews. It's our take I on love mean this. tweets. Yeah, it's fun. I like the mean ones, man. I, I we got new ones today, by the way, oh, which we, we can add. Yeah, oh. this is from Tom Inko. 
T-O-M-I-N-C-O. I've never been a Joe Buck fan, even though I grew up listening to his dad. Maybe it's that he, I think he goes too far against the Cardinals on national broadcast, or that he, we just went to rival high schools, and for some bizarre reason, what high school you went to is a huge deal in St. Louis. I don't know. Anyway, I started listening about six months ago, and I really saw another side of Joe. Don't get me wrong. Oliver is cool, too, but the St. Louis connection worked for me with Joe. I'm still not a fan of the way he calls games. But this podcast is great. I have a new respect for him. Oh, and the Howie Mandel episode is especially awesome. And I have to say, uh, now I'm away from his review. The Howie Mandel one, uh, I, mm. I just I'm blown away with how open Howie was and how great that episode is. Not because of us, because of how wonderful he was. I mean, he just we didn't have to do anything. Like he, he yeah. brought it. He was great. He was awesome. I think he. he you know, from some of the comments, too. Again, when you open yourself up like that and tell your story, you can just help so many other people without really having to do much. Just just be honest. Talk about it. We're all fucked up. Tell everyone. <laughs> and we are all and we can all relate. Here's Fanta Heart. Two funny, informative, and vulnerable men leave it all on the table with their guest. Enjoying my time listening. Mm. See, these are nice, but they're not all nice, which is why we did our own take on uh, mean comments. Vulnerable men. I like that. Another we good should, name. We should we should rebrand rebrand this. Yeah, rebrand. Just called Vulnerable Men. Mm-hmm. Remember, I kind of wanted that to be. Remember the title we were talking about, "Sensitive Men." That's that was. Remember, it was like, "Do we do daddy issues?" Which is sort of kitschy, and it's like, "Okay, I get it. It all makes sense." And yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it was like, "What if we just titled it Sensitive Men'?" <laughs> which we are. Uh-huh. We're sensitive to reviews. We're sensitive to our lives. We're sensitive to failure and yeah, and sensitive to dairy, <laughs> lactose. Yeah, lactose. Um, we need more mean tweets. We need more people to like diss us. Here's one from Farmhead. The title is Fathead Joe and Goldie Hawn's Son. <laughs> Great show by a commentator and Kate Hudson's brother. The chemistry is still a little off between the two, but overall a solid podcast. We'll continue to listen and be reminded of the benefits of nepotism. There we go. That's the through line. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a, I mean, that's what it, this should be called. Forget daddy issues. This podcast should be called the Lucky Sperm Club. Let's change it. I like this one. It's titled R.I.P. to Funny. There is an emerging obviousness that this podcast is going to be the death of Joe and Oliver's friendship. It seems the Oliver fellow is bringing a lot of estrogen to the pod, and Joe is absorbing the runoff. The sports figures that are guests of the pod seem to be weirded out, a bit by the vaginal overtones it carries. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like bathing in the what? runoff of estrogen. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong with estrogen. I have tons of it, and I'm proud of my estrogen. I'm, I'm just going to say that right now. I was raised by my mother for two years single, and uh, you know that estrogen has seeped into me, and I, I welcome it. Here's uh, one from Job Roy Lolo. Horrible. Very bad, no like, hashtag Joe Buck sucks. <laughs> no like. I, you know, I love being Jack Buck's son. I don't like the things that rhyme with my last name. I like this one. Joe Buck hates America. That's it. Very simple. <laughs> Nothing can be further from the truth. Yeah. 
I know. No, that's ridiculous. You can say that I, you know, in your estimation, I don't like your team, which is never right. But the country, no, you're mm. just flat out wrong. This one's weird because it's a five-star review, right? There's five stars, but it says a sportscaster everyone hates and Kate Hudson's brother, who apparently is an actor, team up to walk everyone through how to properly navigate the world of nepotism in sports and in life, named in such a way as to show that they somehow acknowledge the privilege they deal with on a daily basis. These two superficially touch upon a variety of topics, but skip the hard-hitting stuff, such as the hurt that Oliver felt over not being pitched a role in the upcoming hit movie Boner Dogs. <laughs> what? Who... If you who what? <laughs> Who got that role? I don't know, but I, Tom I, Green. I, I wish I did. If you think being stuck inside all day and social distancing is tough, just listen to this, and it'll make you realize how much worse things could be. It's truly Abu Ghraib for your ears and enhanced interrogation for your soul. Five stars. Jeez. Five stars. How do you list that and then go five stars? I don't know, it's like man. A, it, that is like a They're schizophrenic very grip job. <laughs> Pretty rough. Mostly just more of the same two oblivious white guys who grew up in the 80s talking about how they don't understand why the culture is changing. Mark Cuban and Bill Simmons episodes were pretty great, but because they were carried by the guests, not the hosts, maybe they will be better with time, but I doubt it. It seems to be a generational issue with them. The voice of reason. The voice of today's person. Well, don't listen. How about this one? Let Joe talk. I couldn't agree more. Oliver interrupts Joe way too much and cuts him off. Who's the host? As much as they think they can relate, they simply don't. See, it's exactly... Were you done? That's it right there. Congratulations, King Ashoka. You hit it right on the head. His podcast is just as crappy as his ability to call a game. I'd rather listen to (laughs) fingers on a chalkboard than hear his voice. So that that gets you though, man. Still to this day, you don't like it. What I, that does that does nothing to me. Oh, uh, whatever. Uh, Greggy G hashtag Joe Buck probably does your introduction when you go to hell. I can't wait to give yours specifically. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers hashtag Aaron Rodgers is engaged. Ah, congratulations hashtag Joe Buck. Applause, applause, applause. I don't get that. Because everybody outside of Green Bay thinks that I say Aaron Rodgers' name too much and I'm in love with his abilities as a quarterback, while everybody in Green Bay thinks that Troy and I don't like the Packers, which is just as stupid as the former. So, whatever. Here's from Rachel in Texas. It's entitled Penis-Oliver. Not that I mind, but he was relentless in speaking about his boner. LOL. This episode about the temperature determines the look of it is hella funny. How is that related to a sleep number? I don't know. It could be the weed. As a person who does not have one, I appreciate knowing this stuff. Thanks, guys. My new favorite podcast next to Sibling Revelry. I, I didn't understand any of that. All I heard was Boner, and then I tuned out. <laughs> me too. I was done. <laughs> you had me at Boner, and then I was done. If you like hearing myself and Oliver catch up on what's going on in our lives, like on today's episode, go check out the Daddy Issues archives in one of our past solo episodes, like episode 36, where we discuss everything from other people's success to stuffing your feelings to envy, depression, Dax Shepard, and so much more. Nobody drives a trailer like you. Nobody That's true. Nobody can pick campsites near a Denny's like you. 
yeah, I can back up a trailer and park it in a very narrow space in one shot. You know, I'd like to see Dax Shepard do that. Although he, he probably could. <laughs> no, he <laughs> that's, can't. That's kind of his speed. You he, have kind of a weird Dax Shepard envy. Uh, between the legs, maybe. That guy's. I, I don't feel like that's appropriate. He's packing heat, dude. How do you know that? I've seen it. How have you seen it? You know, we, we used to play a lot of poker together. And, so uh, how does that lead to the other thing? How does that lead to knowing what that <laughs> that is? Hey! Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more Daddy Issues. So coming out of coming out of those, which I need to talk about with my therapist, uh, we we went back to the well with your brilliant intro song, Oliver, and Guest Roulette. Guest Roulette. Guest Roulette, written by Uncle Mark, Mark Hudson, and my aunt, Melissa. Hit it! Guest Roulette, Guest Roulette. Never believe who you're gonna get. Don't forget, it's guess roulette. It might be someone you never met. Guess roulette. Guess roulette. It's guess roulette. Guess roulette. Who we gonna get? Who's next, Margo? Throw one in. Hey, can you guys hear me? Hello. Hey, Angie. You good? Everything good? What are your... uh, what are your complaints? What are your issues? You got some daddy stuff going on. What's happening? And where and are where you? Where are you? Where are where are you in the world? Uh, from the accent, you can tell it's in Mississippi. <laughs> oh, hey y'all, Biloxi. society Biloxi, Biloxi, Biloxi. With the casinos here, it's gotten more popular. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, just so you know, uh, and this is a little window into my soul. My fake ID in high school was from Gulfport, Mississippi. Oh my god, that's gosh. amazing. Let me tell you something. I have a Muppets lunchbox with no. one's name written in it, and it's a guy's name. <laughs> oh, well, fantastic. It's from my childhood, and it's in the attic. And it's that well, really worth money from what I hear. But uh, Well, yeah. I have my Woody Woodpecker lunchbox uh, uh, over oh, yeah, to that's my right. right. But, uh, <laughs> I forgot about that, Joe. <laughs> yeah. But I know, Angie, that's not why you're calling to talk no, lunchboxes. No, not at all. So uh, I, too, had no childhood um, with a father. So um, all of our years hits and resonates with me in the sense of when you said you went in to play a game and your dad was sitting next to you and you just didn't realize it until a couple of minutes. So my dad did the same thing, um, not raised with him. He was a drug user. So my mom left him pretty early and he was not involved, looked me up when I was about 13, I think. and decided actually his girl his wife at the time looked me up and we decided the oh let's try it get my dad in my life it didn't work Mm. I I remember vividly like riding my bike and he came by and I told him that I didn't want him in my life Mm. (laughs) I he drank I was never raised by drink drinking or drugs or anything like that and so for me him drinking was just a no I didn't want him in my life I told him I didn't like it So that happened until 18. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm getting to be an adult. I'm going to reach out to him and let's see if we can connect. Uh, He drove over here from Padre Allen, Texas. And so we drove back 
by ourselves talking and, you know, him ridiculing everything. Like, um, so Oliver, Mm -hmm. again, you really helped me grow on the podcast. So you mentioned that when you went to, I think the Hopkins Center. Yeah, the Hoffman. Yeah, close. Hoffman. Yep. You said that one of the things that was eye-opening was a lot of it probably stemmed from the mom. So looking Mm -hmm. or evaluating my life, since I've never talked about this in therapy, um, with my mom, I would say it probably stems with that because my entire life has been to be the opposite of her. You know, she had two children, two separate dads. Now it's three children. I have an 18-year-old sister, and I'm 43. (laughs) She's still going, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> out, of, right. out of those, uh, I just didn't want to have kids. I waited until I got married to have sex. I was 22. I don't drink. I've never smoked a cigarette. I can count the times on my hands I've been tipsy, um, and, and it's just a control mm-hmm. thing, and I know that it stems listening to your podcast, listening to all the different people from every walks of life describe the same thing that everyone had different issues, whether it was a mom, a dad, you know, step parents to trying to control it. And I think overall mine for sure is that there's control things that I still to this day try to do, you know, looking back, I know it was because I didn't want to be like my mom. I didn't want to be like my dad. He still isn't in my life. Um, The 18 year old thing didn't work out very well. He just left me stranded at Mm -hmm. some stranger's house our first night together so he could go party and it just has never mm. been good and it's toxic and somebody that have you have you found any forgiveness for him or do you have you found compassion for him in any sort of way meaning have you looked back on his life and what his upbringing was and even your mother and what her upbringing was and how they are who they are because of where they came from. I don't know much about him. Um, The couple of times we've interacted, I just know we're two totally different people. And I I feel like, and he has said it, I'm Miss Goody two shoes. And it's almost like he wants to see me fail. Mm -hmm. Um, that also is a driver for me to be the opposite of what it is. So he can't see that fail. Um, I'm really curious today now to see if by chance he knows how I'm doing or where I'm doing. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility. Um, my mom, she's fully in my life. Um, major part of it. I do plan on sitting down after we both get vaccinated and I've already told her this and I'm taking notes from your podcast and others I want to interview her. Um, my plan is to kind of record it so that if she passes That's my family, I can share it with those guys with some of these questions you guys are asking. Oliver, I'm waiting for your dad to get on so I can take notes. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. Hey, so you teased it, and I'm like, these are great questions, and so I'm trying to take notes of those, make it happen. <laughs> uh, we're trying, by the way. It's funny you even say that. I was just, I was talking to Joe, you know, earlier today, and I, you know, I, I, I do have a, a relationship with my dad now, and we do text and we do talk, and I think he's starting a podcast, and he wants me to come on his, and and oh, he goes, wow. well, I'll, I'll come on yours, and. And you know, I'll I'll, I'll say whatever it is. I, I you know, I, you can ask me anything. So I'm like, oh, okay. That door has now been open. So we'll see. Great. Well, I can't <laughs> wait. But I, Angie, as somebody who who uh, you know doesn't have 
a similar experience like you and Oliver do. I, th- I think you can look at it as you grow older as you seem to have everything kind of together. And if because your parents were the way they were, you stayed on the straight and narrow, I mean, I, I would consider that a gift. I, I don't really want to go into personally a lot of the stuff that my dad did because my dad is kind of deified around St. Louis, but it is in my book. I was a product of uh, an affair that my dad had outside his marriage, and then I'm, my mom was pregnant with me, and and it was a pretty big deal at the time in the late 60s, early 70s, and, and I think that always kept me out of, you know, I, I never wanted to, and even if I was upset and I've been through a divorce, I never wanted to cheat. I never wanted to be that guy, and and so... I, you know, I, I had a great relationship with my dad, but I think for you, that'd be such a smart idea to, to not only interview mm-hmm. your mom, but, but have the guts to go interview your dad. And if, if he would do it and if he would, if you can lay the groundwork for that, because like you said, it's something that your kids and your kids, kids can have to know kind of where they come from. And at the same time, I think you're going to discover things about your parents. You had no mm-hmm. idea about and may, as Oliver said, reframe them to where you might end up with some compassion that's a, that's a great for point. the mistakes. Yeah, it's a great they point, made. Joe, because that's what happened with my dad. I mean, I got more into depth in depth into his life, understanding why he did the things that he did, realizing right. that he wasn't he didn't have the tools that I that I had, that I, I was lucky enough to get. You know, his dad mm-hmm. walked out on him when he was five years old. And so that pattern was repeated. And once you sort of really get to understand that and and sit on it and think about what that must feel like and have him sitting at the bay window watching, waiting for his dad to come home every day, you can't help but feel the ultimate compassion for that human being. He just happens to be your father and have real forgiveness because it's like, wow, man, it, it, it honestly wasn't all your fault here. You didn't have much of a shot, you know? Um, so just... And at the same time, I mean, think think about whatever had to happen. Your your dad drank or drinks and did drugs or does drugs for a reason. To the point, something happened that that drove him into this lane. To the point where he's trying to reconnect with his eighteen year old daughter. He's just driven, you know, all the way to uh, to right. Texas, and and he leaves that daughter to go party. I mean, there there's mm-hmm. something there that. You need to get to the root of so you can understand him better and and probably feel even better about yourself that you were able to stop yeah, all that. And and guess what? Sometimes people are just fucking assholes. You know what I mean? And like we sorry, I know you're more proper, but they're just they're <laughs> Don't just say that. <laughs> they're 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 just dicks, you know what I mean? And and we can have forgiveness, but they're just that's it. They're 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 bad people. I'm not saying your dad is one or the other, I don't know, but I'm not saying it's like everyone doesn't just get a pass in my book personally that's on that's my opinion i mean sometimes people are just horrible evil human beings so but it but it comes from somewhere it comes from somewhere i always say that if like if jeffrey dahmer was born and he was brought to my family and we and and my mother and and kurt raised him like would he be eating people 
You know, I I don't know if we adopted him from. Uh, I mean, it depends on how you taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if you tasted? What if you tasted? Well, Kurt tastes like elk for sure. I'm wanting an invite to the Kurt Russell plan for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? I also for that. I had a great childhood, but I'd rather be Kurt Russell's kid for a while. I will move to Colorado. Uh, um, well Angie thank you for sharing your story and I hope that you have some reconnection with your pops and um, sounds like sounds like you've got a good head on your shoulders you're ready to go and real quick for the pod I love the dynamic I think it's fantastic you two are two opposites Joe I'm more like you as you can tell we're we're not risk takers we think everything through control we would never do drugs because of the fact of that Whereas Ollie, I could never enjoy it. I tell that to Oliver all the time. He's like, "Come on, man!" I'm like, "Look, I can override whatever you put into my body. I'll override it with my worry." Same reason with COVID. I just know I would go on a vent. So the idea of me having it's just going to kill me. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. My mind would race. Yeah. So Oliver, thank you you for that. Like I said, you know, I've never been exposed to drugs or alcohol. So I appreciate you being open with it and sharing, hey, look, I do do this. And it gets more exposure as well as mental health that you share. So yes. Well, thank you. Thank you, Angie. Even the stats. You guys have a wonderful day. Okay, you Thank too. You, you too. Thanks, Angie. Right. Thanks for listening. All right, bye. Okay. Bring them on, Margo. Sure. Come on down. You're the next contestant. Come on down. Hello, Hello. Darling. You're the next contestant on Mike. What's up, Mike? How are you? Good. How are you? We're good. We're- Very good. Where are you in the world? I am in a city called St. Louis, Whoa. Missouri. Oh, hey, Mike. There we go. The entertainment capital of the world. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. What? Well, <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening. How can we help you today? So my question for you guys, I have a 20-month-old son. Uh, we have another one on the way in October. Um, but So I grew up with a dad, awesome dad. Gave me everything I wanted, but he was an old school, kind of tough love type of guy. Didn't get much, you know, like affection, but he was always there, you know, stuff like that. But I'm seeing a complete reversal Mm. with my son, with how he treats my son. It's like lovey, lovey dovey, like, come here, boy, you know, like anything you want. I'll hug you, I'll kiss you, I'll do all of this, if you make a mistake, it's okay. No worries. And if I would have made that mistake, I mean, it would have been the end of the world. Oh, and right. so, so you're like, you're basically <laughs> jealous like, of your son. You're like, God damn it. Dad, are you yeah, shitting me right yeah. now? So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So like, I guess that's my question is, should I be jealous of my 20 month old son? Or is it okay to feel this way? Like, I guess envious or like, what is going on here? Yeah, I think it's a that's a hilarious <laughs> look at how that happens. I remember when my <laughs> oldest was three and I dropped her off with my dad, who was I'm like, Dad, I gotta go whatever the hell I was doing. Yeah. Can you watch Natalie? And he was three, or she was three, and he was 70, 71, somewhere in there. And whatever I did, I, I went and did it, came back. And my dad is lying. I walk in the kitchen to get my daughter. My dad is lying on the floor. I thought my dad had a heart attack. I thought he was dead. 
and he was down on the floor playing dolls with my daughter. And I'm like, are you kidding? I don't think my dad touched me till I was six. And I damn sure know he wasn't on the ground with me playing yeah. dolls when I was three years old. So I, I just no think shit. that's normal. Don't oh, you, yeah, Oliver, that, that I think yeah, you get I, older and you get a little more I have wistful. a question, though. Has your dad's affection yeah. changed with you now? Has is he more affectionate with you now that he you know what I mean? Like he is with your son with your kid, but still with you, there's it's yeah, not there. There's there's still I mean it's he's definitely different than when I was yeah. 15, 16 years old. I mean, it's not he's like he's not harping mm-hmm. on me or like that, or like if I do something wrong when we're over mm-hmm. for the day at his house, you know, it's not like the end of the world anymore. We have a we have a really good relationship. Uh but no, it's just with him. I'm just like, who? Well, is this? It, like, if, if <laughs> look here, here's my my take on on this is it's amazing because if you're if 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 your kids can experience that physical love from anyone from your from your dad and from their grandparents, then that is it. That's just an amazing thing. It's better than the latter. You know what I mean? Um, the fact and there's there could be so many different psychological reasons why he feels more comfortable to get on the ground with your kids than with you. You know, I think maybe there's an alleviation of pressure. It's like I don't have to. I'm not raising this kid. I can just love this kid and then give it to you, and then you raise the kid. You know, um, but as far as jealousy goes, that's such a funny thing. That's such an interesting thing. That's what first popped into my head. Is is Mike like a little fucking jealous here? Is he kind of like? dad i mean seriously what about me but i think it's all positive stuff you know at least you know it's in there and he cares enough he and and it's that's that's really for you too i mean Mm -hmm. he's showing good point joe love to your son and that that's a gift for you and i would look at it that way and take jealousy out of it and know that he could be a tough grandpa, and and those people exist in the world. But he wants to be sweet grandpa to your son, so take it when you can get it, and good for you, and good for your son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I couldn't have it, I mean, I'm glad the one person that does is. is have my you ever son. Have you ever asked yeah, him about it? Day, I mean, so. have you ever said, Dad, like, you know, what's up? Yeah, it's it, it's come up. I mean, we were we were over there just this past Saturday, just kind of hanging out and stuff. And he brought up some stuff from the past, just like, you know, was I too hard on you and, and stuff like that. So we actually had kind mm. of a healthy kind of discussion about it. Um, but there was no, nothing from him like, mm-hmm. you know, I would have done things different because look how you turned out. You turned out yeah. really, really well. But I'm like, but, it, but I, I wish you would have, yeah. you know, treated me like yeah. you treat him. You know, that's yeah. the only thing. But yeah, but, yeah, but, but so. <laughs> well, I, he's obviously if he's saying that he's yes. Got I was just about to say that, Joe. Yeah. Yes, you're right. He's thinking about it. You know what I mean? He he knows that there. He's probably man. I I, pr- I could have probably done a little di- little different, a little bit better. But the thing is, we're all trying to figure it out. We're all doing the best that we can. And sometimes we have capacity for affection and sometimes we don't. And sometimes we use our words. Sometimes we're there. We're not. We're just trying to do our best, you know, and I'm sure your dad was just doing the best that he could given his capabilities. You know what I mean? But I think it's great that he's, that he's affectionate and, and, and is on the ground with with your kid and hope and and then kids and loving them like you weren't. I mean, at least they get it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys obviously have a, a good enough relationship where he can bring that up and you yeah. can discuss it. For sure. For 
for sure. Yeah, it's not like the Great Santini, which you're too young to even know that movie. It's but all right. We'll hey, up. drink drinks at Joe House, Joe's house in about an hour. You guys should. <laughs> yeah, come on over, Mike. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. What high school did you go to? I went to Parkway West. Ah, yeah. home of one Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert, Super Bowl champ. How about that's that? Right. Yeah, that's right. He's getting a master's class in how to be a quarterback <laughs> yeah. uh, st- yeah. under study in Brady. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He was uh, he was a senior. He was two years older than me. He was a senior when I was a sophomore. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, one of my yeah. best friends, Bill Rowe, Parkway yeah. West. There it is. Now we're doing the St. Louis thing. I'm sorry, but we just yeah, can't help right. ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I drive. I drive to work every day on uh, Jack Buck Highway. So. Uh, yes. Did there you know go. that, Oliver? Part yeah, of that, that big Oliver? chunk of Highway 40 is named yeah, after. Yeah. Well, dad. they changed the PCH to Bill Hudson Highway. So, yeah. Oh, did they? Go, well, that's more beautiful. That's way, yes. way more beautiful than <laughs> Highway 40. Uh, well, thanks, Mike. All right, Mike. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, thank you. If you're enjoying this episode of Daddy Issues, don't keep it to yourself. Please share the love and tell a friend about Daddy Issues and go subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We beg you. That's right. Daddy needs a new bicycle. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up right after the break. All right, Margo, bring on someone. I got to work on my game show thing, or, or you know what I mean? Like, this is more your speed. But it looks like Dan Wasserbach is checking in. Dan, hey, Dan. D- Dan. Joe, Oliver, how you guys doing? What's good. up, Dan? How are you, brother? I'm Where good. are I'm you? Good. I'm good. It, it, it's an absolute honor to talk to both you guys. I listen to all the, the episodes, um, usually right here in work. Um, Where are you? you and, and how long have you been there? A week? You put some stuff up in the background, didn't you? You well, have family? <laughs> <laughs> you know what was really funny was, was I had all my stuff. I'm in, I'm in my office, so I, I live in... Um, in you in, sound uh, like office. Chicago. I ha- well, I it was I was like, oh, there's like all these papers and stuff. I better take them down, you know. Like, um, oh no, 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 <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan. What is you got? Do you have any daddy issues, man? What would you? You must have so, some daddy issues. So I, I I had two stories I wanted to tell. And I I don't want to waste your guys' time. So never we um, waste yours. So just <laughs> even it out. All right. So my first story is is about my own father and Joe. It, it applies more to you, but. Um, my dad passed in, um, in, in 2008 at the age of, uh, 61. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a, with a lot of sports in my life, my grandparents' house with my brother and, you know, my aunts and uncles and, and cousins, the Yankee games on WPIX with Phil Rizzuto and Bill White and the, the Parcells Giants with, uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden. Right. And then eventually to you, Joe, calling the Joe Torre, Derek Jeter Yankees and, uh, you know, the Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin Giants and, sure. you know, and, you know, Joe, when I hear your voice, I think of my dad. I think of my late father. And uh, he died during the middle of that that 2007 Super Bowl run. During the middle of the playoffs, he, he passed away. So it was really uh, – it was a very bittersweet run. But, you know, my daddy issue is is those big games, you know, when they come now, I still think of him and, and I miss him. That's it's, uh, it's interesting that you bring really that up that way because I, when I did games, the first – Yankees World Series I did was it was obviously 96 which was our first year and Jeter's rookie year and kind of the beginning of that incredible run that they went on and Joe Torre 
was one of my dad's best friends, oddly enough. Like when I was a little kid, I used to be at a poker table and Joe Torrey, who was then a player with the Cardinals, was at the poker table and I'm on my dad's lap throwing chips into the pot and doing all that. And that's the first time I was around Joe Torrey. And now here I am getting a chance to do this for the first time at Fox. Joe Torrey's the manager and you're a Yankee fan. So you remember when he got hired, they had the headline. I think it was in the Post or might have yes. been the Daily News. It said Clueless Joe. Yes. And, and then he gets this great, talented roster, but he had the perfect touch. I mean, the best thing about Joe was he was so good with the media that he could run interference and let Jeter and those guys eventually, Jeter, run the clubhouse mm -hmm. and just patrol themselves. And he, he had the right kind of players for that. But when I when I uh, wrapped up the first World Series, when they won it after game six in 96, I was looking into the camera and I was thinking of my dad. And, and I was thinking, you know, here I am. I'm talking about Joe Torre. His brother had passed away that mm -hmm. year. Uh, Rocco, I believe. And then he had all this other family stuff going on. And it just felt very comfortable to me on a really big stage for the first time in my career. And I was thinking of my dad on the other side of that camera, nervous, but pulling it off and faking my way through it. And so, you know, I, I have him from a different uh, perspective, but I think of my dad all the time. I still, after games, almost reach for the phone to call my dad. Yes, yes. And I'm sure you do too. If the Yankees yes. win a big game or a big yes. series, or the Giants win a big game, I know yes. that's been a while for you. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and that 07 run was that Super Bowl. I've done six. That one was unreal because it was back and forth in the fourth quarter, games on the line. My heart was in my throat. And Eli played out of his mind, as he did in 2011. And, you know, they won it all and knocked off the undefeated uh, Patriots. So it was – I'm sure we have a lot of similar feelings with our dads and sharing these moments. Yes. And and, and I, I feel that way even though I, I got to be in the booth during a lot of that stuff. And you're, you know, watching with your pop. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, Joe, but, I, you know, I, I hear you talk about some of the negative comments you get. I, I feel the complete opposite. You know, again, I, your voice at times reminds me of my dad. So I, I, I just well, want to let you know that, thanks, you know, that that's very special. So I, the, the second story I wanted to tell was about my stepson, Ben. So I, I met my wife, Nicole, in late 2016, and she, uh, she was widowed for about two years. Her husband had suddenly died. Her first husband had suddenly died in a she was raising this little boy by herself and we dated for a few months. And then eventually Nicole let me, you know, meet Ben and, you know, it was a slow progression one day, two day, three days a week. And then it was, you know, what day of the week am I not seeing him? So, you know, my wife, like I said, was raising this little boy with no help and it just absolutely inspired me. So we got mm -hmm. married in December of 2018, two years to the date that we first met. And obviously I became Ben's stepfather. You know, I'm in a pretty unique situation. Most single mothers, there's a divorce or, you know, there's a situation like Oliver has with his father. I don't have that. You know, like I, I stepped in and I became the number two, I say, in Ben's life. His mom will always be number one. And, you know, there's no resentment. There's no, you know, there's no negative energy. Uh, my wife's first husband, I didn't know him, but by all accounts, you know, he, he was a decent guy from what I see. And Ben's a really great kid and he reminds me a lot of myself and I couldn't imagine my life without him. Well, you know, you know, Dan, it's actually amazing because he came into your life when what he was three years old, you said? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Kurt came into my life when I was around six. Now, even though there are no genetics at play, 
There's learned behavior that you just find yourself doing. I'm now 44 years old, and there are pieces of me that are 100% Kurt that I can't help. You know, it's an unconscious thing. It's just been, it's, he's seeped into my DNA without actually there being proof or evidence yeah, scientifically, yeah. you know? So I, it's, it's, inter- it's really interesting. I'm sure he's going to take on a lot of your characteristics, good and bad. Well, well so two things I was going to say to you, you know, Oliver, I'll, I'll start with you. When I listen to you talk about your natural father, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. I go to you talking about Kurt and I, I think to myself, you know what? I hope someday Ben talks about me the way you talk about Kurt. I've heard you talk about him. But I listen to the way you talk about the way that you pursue your relationship with your with your dad, with your, your natural father. And Ben is seven now. And I know that down the road, you know, when he's 15 and when he's 17, 20, 25, he's going to want to know who his dad is. And I listen to some of the stuff that you say. And again, it's not it doesn't align exactly. But I feel some common themes and, and it's given me some good ideas out of the gate to kind of understand Ben and to empathize with him when he gets older. So that was the first story, the first part of the, Joe, the second thing I gathered listening to this podcast was Joe, you were talking um, one time about your wife, Michelle, and her relationships with your daughters. And if I recall correctly, she used the term um, about being a step parent. I believe you said something to the effect of, you know, know when to step in and when know when to step yeah, back. And I love yeah. that. Joe, Joe ta- taught me that one. That's, a, that's awesome. It's incredible. And I thought, you know, does that apply with Ben and I? You know, he's a little kid. He's seven. And, you know, one night I was I was in our basement and I could hear Ben crying upstairs and I came upstairs and, you know, I said to Nicole, I said, what's going on? And she said, Ben misses daddy. Mm. And I said, oh, so, uh, um, you know, I, I have nothing to really offer there. You know, I said, this is where I step back. This is where I step back. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, and I, I God's honest truth, Joe, I thought of you saying that on this podcast and I, I subsequently told my wife that 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 story. Man, that I mean, that's going to mean so much to my wife. Uh, her stepfather passed away uh, a few Octobers ago, and it's the greatest gift that. And I, I said this at his uh, funeral and his celebration of life uh, when it happened, when he passed away, and I said I, I can never thank him enough for being the kind of stepfather he was to Michelle because she carried that forward with my girls. Now, my girls were teenagers when Michelle came into their lives, which brings about its own set of issues. But she didn't force it. She didn't try to be, you know, she didn't try to be their mom. She, they have a mom. You know, in your case, it's different. But she wanted to be their friend and, and wanted to be somebody that they could bounce mm-hmm. things off and and have a relationship with as semi-adults with with my partner and it wasn't perfect and it was ugly at times at the beginning but it's evolved into something beautiful and it just takes time so you know i'm sure for you dan you had to fall in love with ben as much as you had to fall in love with your wife and they are very lucky Mm -hmm. to have you you know you're they're lucky ben is lucky to have a, a dad in essence, understand how difficult it is. And, and you, just the fact that you're aware of it is is probably ahead of most people. And you're, I think you're yeah. doing some great yeah. things and, and awesome. that's just going to grow yeah. over time. So yeah. good, thank on, you, good Dan, for you. Dude, thank you, Dan. For, thank you for sharing all that, man. 
Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it a lot. All you right, know, brother. Big fans of both you guys, man. And good luck. And look forward to hearing more of the podcast. Thanks. Keep doing it. Thanks, yeah. Dan. Yeah, yeah you're keep doing, doing good it with stuff, Ben. Dude. That's, That's awesome. so great. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right, All right man. Thank you. All right, Take Dan. care. See you. See you. All right. Well, this yeah. is fun, man. This is really fun. Yes. Love you, mean it. Bye. Love you, mean it. Peace. Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Bach, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger. 